Well, good morning. It's good to uh, be together this morning, even though we're not together physically. Uh, we're definitely uh, together spiritually as we get an opportunity to see what God has in store for us. And uh, so I'm excited about today. I hope you've had a great week. And uh, I hope you've uh, had an opportunity uh, to uh, look and see what God has for you and uh, have an opportunity to enjoy this time uh, that we've had that's a little unique and a little different. Uh, we've had a new addition to our house. Uh, we actually have a new member of our household. Uh, her name is Alexa. I don't know if you've ever heard of Alexa before, but that's a little digital uh, unit that uh, you can ask her questions. And so if you're familiar with that, I think Amazon makes it. And so it's become a fascination around our house where you can say, hey, Alexa, and then she starts instantly listening to anything that you say. You can ask her questions, pretty much anything, and she, uh, she answers those questions. And so she instantly responds to everything that you ask her. And so as I was thinking about this week and what we're going to look at tonight, I, I thought about Alexa and how every single time I call her name, she responds. And when I ask her to do something, she does it. And so then I thought about, you know, what does that look like for us? You know, sometimes I think God's looking down and, and he's calling to us and he's, uh, he's uh, leading us in a direction or he's calling us to do something. And so the question is, how do we respond to that? Do we respond? Do we hear what God is saying? Do we respond to that? And so that's what I want to talk about with you today uh, with our time that we've got is we want to answer a few questions. Is what does it look like to hear from God? What does it look like to listen to what he is uh, saying to us and what he is calling us to do? And then lastly, uh, we're going to look at what does it look like for me to respond to that? How do I, how do, I do that? And so we certainly will continue uh, through James today. And so those are the questions that we want to talk about, and hopefully you'll be able to uh, have some answers uh, as we finish this morning. So before we get started, uh, if you will, let's pray. And so what I want to ask you to do is, uh, and your home this morning as a family, I want to ask you to pray together with those that are gathered together uh, in your room. So this is just an opportunity. It could be very simple that you just say, God, would you Allow us to see what you have for us today. Would you speak to us and uh, give us ears to hear what you want us to say? And so I'll pause uh, for a minute or so so you can pray together with those that are uh, gathered with you in front of the computer this morning. Let's pray. God, would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see today? God, would you speak through your word? And Lord, I pray that for everyone that's listening today, that they would receive your word. And God, that you would show us what you want us to see, and you would allow us to hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we've been in our James study, and so we'll continue today in the book of James. Hopefully you had a chance uh, to print out the handout that Kevin sent out earlier today. And uh, so we'll pick up today in James chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 19. So read along with me. This is what the Bible says. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. 
For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so we've looked at a few different things here with Pastor Tony over the last several weeks. And uh, as we've uh, journeyed through the first chapter of James, what we've learned is that James has uh, given us some insightful things to discover as we've endured this last several weeks of time that we've been in. James talks about enduring trials and looking for the good in those trials. And uh, James talks about uh, being persistent in those. And so we see here uh, as we get to verse 19 that in verse 18, James speaks of what he calls the word of truth. And then in verse 19, he tells us how we should respond to the word of truth. You see, ultimately, and you'll notice this is the first blank on your handout here, uh, the key both to responding to trials, as James has encouraged us to do, and to resisting temptation, as Pastor Tony talked about last week, is found in our reaction to the word of God. In other words, when we approach the Word of God, and we'll talk about how James encourages that here in a few minutes, but as we approach the Word of God, we are going to respond to it in a certain way. And James says, if you want to make it through trials, if you want to be able to overcome temptation in your life, it will all depend upon how you react and respond to the Word of God. And so I want to talk to you this morning about what that looks like. I want to talk to you about how God encourages us and instructs us uh, to respond and how we should react to the Word of God. And so right out of the gate, James gives us three really practical, really specific things that we ought to do when we approach the Word of God. And so in verse 18, he talks about the Word of truth. And then in verse 19, he says, this is how you should respond. He says, let us or let every person be quick to hear. And so what James is saying here is that we should be receptive to what God's Word teaches us, that we ought to receive it uh, based on what it says, and we ought to be open to that. Uh, Here, the word used quick to hear, it means to hear God's voice in a way that prompts that individual to have faith birthed within them by God. Or in other words, to hear in this passage means that God produces faith in our life. I mean, think about it. When you actually hear from God, that is when your faith, that's when my faith is activated. If you'll think back to uh, the first time that you remember God speaking to you and you feeling the conviction of your sins, the fact that you were distanced from God and that there was, there was a, a separation, that there was a problem there, and you knew that you had to get to where God was. But then you realize that there was nothing that you could do to bridge that gap. And so that's when you began to seek out someone that could bridge that gap. Of course, his name is Jesus. And so your reaction was faith. You see, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of things not seen. And so what you and I began to do when we were convicted for the very first time of our sin is that we began to seek God out. Now, the Bible says that no one seeks after God in Romans chapter 3, not even one person, but that God draws us to himself. And so it is the spirit of God inside of us or faith inside of us that causes us to pursue God. And so when we hear from God, 
That is when our faith is activated. And so I want to ask you this morning, what does that look like in your life? Are you hearing from God? When you sit in front of the Word of God, are you receiving that which God has in store for you? James says that we ought to be quick to hear. You see, when we, are, when we are quick to hear, when we're receptive to the Word of God, we become open to truth, and we can hear what God has to say. This is why James follows it up and says that we receive the meek, with meekness the Word of God. And so, in other words, we approach Scripture not with our preconceived ideas, not with what I think it should say or what I want it to say, but I'm receiving the Word of God with humility and saying, God, what does your Word say? An unfortunate movement uh, several years back uh, began by encouraging people to ask the question, what does this Scripture mean to you? And so as people would read the Bible They were encouraged to ask the question, well, Matt, what do you think that says? And then people began to interpret Scripture based upon their own desires, their own likes, their own wants, uh, you know, their own perception of truth. I I think that has sent us down the wrong path. You see, the question is not what do I think it means or what do I want it to mean. The question is simply what does the Word of God say? then I can apply what it actually says. That's the question that I ought to to be asking. That's the question that you should be asking is, what does God's Word actually say? You see, what happens when we read God's Word for what it is, is that we begin to, the Spirit of God begins to work inside of us to reveal truth. And the truth of the matter is that a lot of us are far off from where God intends for us to be. You see, how do we bring that home? You say, well, okay, Pastor Matt, well, if I'm not supposed to ask the question, what do I think it means? Well, how does it ever get close to home for me? Well, that's very simple. We ask, what does the Word of God say? And then for us, we ask the question, how can I apply that? And so that's how we uh, become uh, who God wants us to be, by being open and receptive to the reality of Scripture and then applying it in our lives the way that God intended for it to be. You see, it doesn't matter what I think it says. It doesn't matter what anyone think it says. It, It matters what God's Word says. And so that's why it is so important to have a right interpretation, a right view of Scripture. And so James says, look, when you're receptive, it's easier for your spiritual ears to be open. Have you ever gone into a conversation and you already had made up your mind what you knew the answer was? Well, of course, we've all done that before. And what happens when we do that is we're not open to anyone's opinion. We're not open to anyone's uh, suggestions. We've already made our minds up. It's a foregone conclusion what the answer is. We're just going through the motions of allowing someone else to speak. Well, see, that's not how we're supposed to approach the Word of God. I can't bring my own ideas into Scripture. I have to be receptive to what God's Word says. And so James starts out right out of the gate, and he says, look, be quick to hear. Be receptive to what God's Word says. Then he says, look, you need to be slow to speak, or in other words, it's time to be quiet. It's time to be quiet. One of the problems, one of the greatest problems that our world had prior to about a month and a half ago was busyness. Too much to do, too many places to go, 
too much noise going on in our mind and our heart and our life. And it was very, very difficult for us to hear from what God wanted us to hear. Radio in the car, TV at home, meetings at work, children, all these things that are going on and we're not focusing on what God wants us to hear. And so we couldn't hear it. And so the busyness of life drowned out anything that God was saying to us. And so James says, look, you need to listen. You need to be quick to hear. But you also need to be very, very quiet. He says, be slow to speak. Have you ever thought of the reason why we have two ears and one mouth? And the one mouth closes, but you can't close your ears. As a matter of fact, you even have a gate called teeth that try to keep things inside of your mouth. And, you know, some of us have a hard time keeping things in our mouth, that things that, you know, opinions or things that we shouldn't say or things that we shouldn't express. You see, when we're slow to speak, uh, we hear correctly because we're listening and we're slow to speak the things of, uh, of our opinion. Well, guess what? Your opinion may change after you hear what God's Word has to say. And so what we'll get to in a few verses is how, when we hear from God, Uh, what we don't want to hear, well then how do we respond? You see what happens, and James will cover this here in a few minutes, is that when we hear what we don't want to hear, we often, if not all the time, respond dismissively. Have you noticed that in our culture today, that no one wants to hear an opinion that they don't agree with? All of a sudden we all have to agree with the same exact thing or everybody else is wrong. Well, of course that's not the case. You see, we live in one of the most argumentative times of our lives. Everything is an argument. Everyone has an opinion. Very few of those opinions are the same. Everyone has a defense for their behavior, and they attempt to justify their wrongdoings. This is even extended to the world's response to God. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how everyone has an opinion of who they think God is and everyone has an opinion of what they think God should do or what they think God is doing? You see, that used to not be the case. There used to be a time where people were reverent for the things of God. Specifically, there used to be a time when people were reverent to God himself. But the world has gotten so dismissive of God, and the reason for that is simply an attempt to justify our own sinful actions. Why, why do you think people have gotten so dismissive of God today? I mean, we can, you know, have our different debates about why people don't agree with people, but why are people dismissing God today? Why are people pushing away and pushing back against the truth and the reality of God? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because it makes us mad when we're wrong. And the truth of the matter is, when we hear what we don't want to hear, it makes us mad. Specifically, when we talk about Scripture, when we sit in front of the Word of God and we hear the specific things that God very intentionally says are sin, and then we begin to justify our own actions of why we can do those things or how we can get around that, we're doing that because it makes us mad that God is telling us what we cannot do. And the truth of the matter is, that's simply you interpreting what you think God has said. Jesus was very specific in John 14, 6. He says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. If you're listening this morning and you think that there's another way 
to God, well, you're wrong. If you have someone in your family or in your neighborhood that thinks that there's a different way to get to God, there is no other way. His name is Jesus. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. His name is Jesus. And you see, what we've done is we as a society, we as a human race, we've taken the Word of God and we've said, you know what, I'm, I'm reading the Bible here and, and I've, I've got Scripture and I get to a place that I don't agree with. What we've begun to do is we begin to remove those things from Scripture. And we say, I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to abide by that because I don't believe that is true. Well, remember, be very careful about that. Your interpretation is not the standard. My interpretation is not the standard. And so we get mad. We get offended when someone tells us that we're wrong. You'll famously remember just a few short months ago on television, we saw where a person who didn't hear what they wanted to hear got mad. And so on national television, they took the script of what was spoken, they ripped it in two and threw it on the floor. That's the society in which we live today, is we hear things from Scripture that are convicting, that we hear, we reread things from the Word of God that calls us to see the error and the sin of our lives, and we dismiss it completely. James said, you better be quick to hear, and you better be slow to speak. The third thing that he talks about here is to be slow to anger or, in other words, to be focused. To be focused on what is being spoken. To be focused on what God is actually speaking. You see, I can tell all I need to know about your relationship with God from the people that are around you. Specifically, your family. Is your wife nervous Is she always on edge? It's likely that you have a bad temper and your family is afraid that you'll blow up at any minute and you'll get mad. Is there joy in your family? What traits do you encourage your family to live by? Or are they living in response to your sinfulness? You know, they say, hey, don't don't make mom or dad mad. Don't upset them. Don't Don't bother them. You can find out a whole lot about a person simply by how people around them react when they're around. James says to be slow to anger here. Now, anger, anger in and of itself is not always bad. I know, you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, well, look, you know, Jesus, Jesus was mad. He he got mad and went and cleared out the temple. He was angry. Well, yeah, that's absolutely true. The Bible talks about anger But the Bible talks about good anger, if you will, in a way that is called righteous anger. That that is anger, righteous anger is being angry for the things of God. Angry when something is done against God. It's like being an ambassador and something is done uh, to offend your nation or something is done to offend your family. Well, as children of God, that's our family, right? And so righteous anger is being defensive for the things of God. This is not what James is talking about. Kent Hughes says this. He says, an angry spirit is never a listening or teachable spirit. You see, when you allow anger to rule your life, you're not teachable. You're you're not listening to what 
is being spoken. You see, James is simply, he's not talking here about being mad, but he's talking about being angry when confronted with the reality of our sin. Think about this. This is what James says in verse 18. He talks about the word of truth in verse 18. And then in verse 19, he begins to talk about the way that we should respond. And so he says, listen, be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger. Anger to what? Well, clearly he's talking about being angry about what the word of God reveals to us. The Bible says in Hebrews that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces the very heart or the very core of who we are. And Timothy says that the Word of God is profitable for correction and for instruction. But in our world today, the Bible has simply become a history book to talk about the things that happened once in the past and yet no longer apply today. That's why James says, listen, it is just alive today as it was the very day that God spoke it. And so James is saying here that anger, it doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Listen, this morning, if you struggle with anger, it's because at the root of your problem, at the root of your anger, you have a refusal to listen. If you struggle with anger, your root problem is that you don't listen. You don't listen to instruction from the Word of God. You you don't listen when the Bible says to be slow to anger. You don't listen when a friend or an accountability partner tries to counsel you and tries to redirect you or tries to calm you down. It's because you refuse to listen. You see, if we are slow to hear God's Word, if we're quick to speak, if we're quick to get angry, then moral filth is not just something that will happen in our life. It is our destiny. Because that's the recipe for disaster in your life and in mine. That's why James says here this morning, be very quick to hear. So as I thought about our time together this morning and I thought about the things that we would look at today, I thought as as James is encouraging people, be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. I, I thought about conversations that I've had with people about hearing from God. I remember I was preaching in uh, Virginia several, several years ago, and I talked about God speaking to me and how God had communicated some things to me. And I remember after the service, there was a uh, young man came up to me and said, hey, listen, I have no idea what that looks like. Can you te- teach me, can you tell me what it looks like, what it means, what it sounds like when God speaks to you? What does it mean for me to actually hear? Is God going to audibly speak out loud? How, how does that happen? What does that look like? And so this morning, I thought it would be instructive for us to answer that question. What does it look like for God to speak? How can I actually hear? You see, the problem is most people... Well, they don't know how to hear from God. In Luke chapter 18, I'm sorry, chapter 8 and verse 18, this is what the Bible says. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. And so Luke is saying here, take care how you hear. Be very careful how you hear the word of God. Be very careful how you hear from God. And so as a follower, it's very clear here that Jesus expects us to hear from God. It's commanded, as a matter of fact. 
As we look throughout Scripture, the specific clause, hear the word of the Lord, occurs 32 times in the Bible. Listen, the word listen, is found 331 times in the Bible, with the majority of those times being specific to listening to the Lord. The word hear, It's found 347 times, and again, many of these times have, if not all of these times, have to do with hearing from God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12, the hearing eye and the seeing, the hearing ear rather, and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. You see, the reason that most people's lives are in shambles today, the reason that most families are in trouble today is simply because their commander, their leader, is not hearing from God. I know uh, several months ago I had a phone call from a friend, and uh, they were in a situation. And they were saying, okay, well, you know, I've got this situation, I've got this decision to make. And I don't know what to do. I wish I knew the answer. I've got this opportunity, job opportunity, and I've, I've also got this other career opportunity. And so there's these two things that are available to me. And I just wish I knew what God wanted me to do. I wish I could just hear what God wanted me to do. Well, guess what? You're not going to hear from God by talking to someone else. You're going to hear from God by talking to God. Now, God clearly uh, uh, affirms or communicates through uh, other ways, such as people, the Bible. uh, God speaks through the Word of God. God speaks through prayer. God speaks through other people. He speaks through circumstances. But it's been my experience that anytime God has used people or circumstances, He's always affirmed it through Scripture and or through prayer. And so the decision was, what do I do? How can I hear from God? How do I know what God wants me to do? Well, the Bible says this. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how do we hear? Well, we hear from God through the word of God. We hear from God through the word of God. The the word here used in this passage, it means to listen. Now, as I thought about that, I thought about the difference. So if we say that I should be quick to hear and we're talking about specifically listening, is there a difference between hearing and listening? Is there? What would you say the difference is between hearing and listening? You see, we have two ears, right? We talked about that. How do we not hear? Well, it's pretty difficult not to hear it's almost impossible not to hear but there's a difference between hearing and listening well what is that well how do you know if you've heard simply heard what was said or if you listen well here's the difference listening moves us to action by remembering what you heard let me ask you a question How many of you remember what Pastor Tony preached on Wednesday night? How many of you remember what Pastor Tony preached last Sunday morning? You see, when you listen to what God is saying, then you remember it. Well, why do you remember it? 
Well, you remember it because you apply it. You see what's happened in our church, our church world, our church culture, is we got a lot of people who show up to church. We got a lot of people maybe who uh, log in online and listen to the message and they hear a bunch of words and they say, okay, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying, preacher. But they're not really listening. Listen, the last thing that you should do this morning is hear the message today, close your computer and walk away and not apply it. That's not listening. You see, you remember what you listen to. I thought about this. I grew up in the South. I grew up in, you know, country. I grew up in the hunting, you know, world. And so, you know, as a child, when you grow up, or maybe you're a hunter, and, you know, you grow up and you, you teach kids signs. And you say, well, here's where a deer rutted. Or, you know, look, this is where, you know, looks like I know I grew up riding four-wheelers in the woods. And so we could tell where all the wild boars had been hanging out. And, and so we look for signs. Or we say, well, you know, it looks like a turkey has been here or and so we look for all these different things that are a cue as to who's been there if there's a, a deer in this area or here's where uh, certain animals pass we look for signs we look for clues and then we teach our kids listen this is this is how you got to be very quiet or, or we teach them how to fish and we say, okay, here's how you catch a fish. And you've got to have the right kind of bait. And you've got to go at the right time of the day. And you've and you got to use the right kind of casting uh, you know, method. Right? We teach all those things. Here's signs and signals. Or, or how about this? We teach them sounds. You've got to be very quiet. You've got to listen for the turkey when the turkey calls. And then we've got these fabricated turkey sounds to where we can draw a turkey in. And, and we teach them how to use a turkey call. We do all of those things to our society. A whole, how do you think you learn how to do those things? Somebody taught you that. And we've given, we've given the next generation all the clues and all the tips and all the ways and methods and, and strategies to try to uh, kill a deer or to catch a fish or, or to kill a turkey. But what about God? What about the signs that God is clearly working. You, you teach your children or you teach those that you're in D group with that you're leading. This is what it looks like when God is speaking. This is how you hear from God. Oh, we're so busy in our world today teaching everything else that all of a sudden we've got a generation of people today who have no idea what it means to hear from God himself. It's because we've become distracted we've become slow to hear and very quick to speak you see you may think you're good at listening to messages you may think that you're good at listening to friends but the most important thing in your life is your ability to listen to God himself so the question that we ask is why are people not hearing from God why well, James thankfully answers that question this morning. This is what James says in verse 22. James says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Look, look what James says here. James says that if you hear a message, if you hear Scripture, if you sit in front of the Word of God and you do nothing based on what you read, you are deceiving yourself. 
We've got a world full of people today who have had an interaction with God, that God has spoken, that God has convicted them of their sin, that God has revealed himself to them, and what they're simply doing is they are deceiving themselves into believing that they can write their own rules, that they can pave their own path to God. My friend, that is not true. You cannot do that. You're deceiving yourself. James says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who intently looks at himself uh, at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, which is James's now verbiage for the word of truth. He says, who looks into the word of truth or into the perfect law, the law of liberty. Not the restrictive law, not the law that confines you, but the law that gives you liberty. The one who does this and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer (coughs) who acts. James says he will be blessed in his doing. Most people are not hearing from God today because they're not listening. And when you don't listen... You won't do anything. You will be idle. You will be stagnant. You will be stale. You will justify your own actions. When you don't listen, you will never do anything. This is why most churches are filled with people who do the same thing week after week after year after year because they're not hearing from God. And they're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And so I want to give you just a couple things this morning that you can take away and you can apply. The first thing here is that listening that leads to doing requires spiritual preparation. It requires spiritual preparation. Now we we've talked about this before in our Hebrew study but in in the Old Testament When people would go to worship God, they didn't just show up. Oh, no. No, they brought a sacrifice. They made preparation. The Bible says that they would leave a different way than the way that they came. You see, (coughs) listening to what God has to speak to us about, it requires preparation. You see, when you and I glance (coughs) at the Word of God, it never leads to any change. Think about it. In the morning, now, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time in front of the mirror. But there are a lot of people who do. Now, Now, just think about this. If you use the mirror a lot, okay, if you just walk to the mirror and you glance at it and then you turn and walk away, well, you're not going to notice much, are you? You're not going to notice if you have sleep in your eye or if you have a donut, you know, dropping on your face. Or you're not going to notice if your hair is out of place. Or you're not going to notice those things if you just glance at it and look away. Now I know, you know, a lot of people have been quarantined, and so you know they're trying to avoid the mirror right now. But James is saying this: Look, when you glance at the mirror and you forget what you look like, it's the equivalent of glancing at the Word of God and never changing. 
That's why it's not enough for you to read some devotion as your personal quiet time. No, you need the Word of God, and you need to sit in front of the Word of God, and you need to listen to what God is saying. This is not reading a verse and a commentary. No, it is sitting in front of the Word of God and saying, God, what is it that you want to speak to me about today? Think about this. James says, look, look what he says. If any uh, hear, if anyone wants to hear the word, not a doer, he is like a man. Why did James not say a woman? Because women, well, they're a little more intentional than men when it comes to mirrors, aren't they? They got different size mirrors and different, you know, convex. And, you know, they got all this stuff going on to where they can really see every blemish and makeup and so on and so forth. You see, women look at every square inch of their face and their hair when they look in a mirror. And James says, no, this is like a man. This is like a man who just glances and turns away. You see, this is why people who struggle with anger, this is why anger continues to stick around and is never dealt with. It's because you're not hearing what God has to say about your actions. You're not hearing what God is telling you because you're not listening long enough to understand. You're not listening long enough to understand. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror. Take a good, hard look at who you are. Think about the reality of what's going on in your life. Specifically, I want to encourage you to think about, think about the things that God is trying to say to you. You see, when you sit in front of the Word of God, it causes you to take a really hard look at who you really are. See, most people don't want to look in the mirror because they don't want to see what they look like. I had a friend that for years we talked about things of God. And periodically he would call me and, you know, things would be going on in his life that weren't good. Uh, but he would make it through. You know, he'd say, oh, well, this is happening, but here's my plan. And I continued to pray for my friend, and I continued to try to help my friend when he would call. Well, uh, about a year ago, my friend calls me up, and he was, he was not doing well. He called me. He was, he was very emotional. Everything around him, around him had fallen completely apart. His family had left him. His kids wouldn't have anything to do with him. He was about to lose his job. He had no friends. And he called me. He said, look, uh, I know we've talked about God before, and I'm at the end of my rope. I need some help. I need you to tell me what I need to do. And so I asked him, I said, do you know, let's start at the beginning. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know why Jesus died on the cross for you? It's so that you don't have to live in the bondage of your sin. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's the payment for your sin and for mine. But Jesus said that he has come that we may have life and life more abundantly. And so I shared the gospel with my friend for the 25th time that day on the phone. And I told my friend, until you stand before the word of God and you Allow the Word of God to change you. Nothing in your life is ever going to be the way it's supposed to be. You see, he had to confess the reality of his sin 
and turn from it. Not justify it, not condone it, not rewrite the rules, but simply admit the wrong and confess and turn. You see, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to help us to understand the things that God has in store for us. Romans chapter 8 says the Spirit of God prays the things that we don't even know we need to pray. (coughs) And so we've got this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to teach us. But unfortunately, the Spirit of God is not leading or teaching a lot of people. Why is that? Well, it has nothing to do with God. The Bible says that the, the, that the Spirit of God, that Jesus, that God the Father is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. You see, we have failed to deal with the sin that we have in our lives. Now, I know it's not popular to talk about sin, and I know maybe today you tuned in and you thought, I'm going to get this encouraging message and I just want to feel good about everything that's going on. No, if you want to feel good about what's going on, then we need to deal with the reality of sin that is in front of us and ask God to cleanse us so that we can be who God wants us to be. And so when we talk about the reality of the ministry of the Spirit of God, Well, what the Spirit of God is doing in most people's lives is He's having to go back to the beginning and to continue to convict people of their sin because they've never dealt with it. And until you deal with your sin, you're never going to move forward. Listen, think about who's writing this letter. We're talking about James We're talking about the half-brother of Jesus. We're talking about someone who spent 33 years with Jesus, okay? He spent years with Jesus, and yet he did not believe. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared to James at the resurrection. And James became a believer. You know what I think about James? I think that James looked back on his life and he looked at all the missed opportunities that he had. I think that James looked back on his life and he thought about all those times that him and Jesus were out in the backyard or him and Jesus were building a stool or him and Jesus were fishing. And he thought about all those times, the reality of who James was in light of God came to mind. And all of the times that he missed what God was saying to him. And in that moment, when Jesus revealed himself to James after the resurrection, I believe James finally was confronted with the reality of what it meant to actually hear from God. And James became arguably one of the greatest pastors this world has ever known. He pastored the large, large, large church at Jerusalem. He was present at the Jerusalem council. He became a leader in the kingdom of God because he listened. You see, listening requires spiritual preparation. You've got to prepare your heart. You've got to confess your sin in order to hear from God. Number two, Active uh, listening, rather, that leads to doing requires active participation. It requires active participation. This is why James says at the latter part, he says to put away all filthiness. Put away all filthiness. That's an action. 
That, that's something that we, we are commanded to do. This is where the doing begins to take place. He says, don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. Well, here's where the doing begins to take place. It's where we put away all filthiness. That means that we're going to have to take action. It means that we can't just depend on doing the same things over and over and over and expecting different results. As we both know, that's the definition of insanity. We've got to take action. We've got to change. I told you that we had a new member of the family named Alexa, right? And we call Alexa and she answers and tells us, you know, we're asking questions. You know, we're asking all kinds of things because... You know, she pulls from the Internet and brings us the answer. Did you know that if Alexa pronounces something wrong, that you can tell her, hey, that was wrong. And here's the correct way to pronounce it. For instance, I live in Socher, Mississippi. And Alexa says that it's Saucier, Mississippi, which sounds a little French. I kind of like it, to be honest. So we said, no, Alexa, that's wrong. It's not Saucier. This is Socher, Mississippi. You see, we should be the same way. When, when we hear correction, we should be willing to listen to what God is saying. We should accept that correction, and we should change accordingly. We shouldn't just simply allow that to come in one ear and out the other and not make any change according to what God has said. You see, when we are actively participating in the Word of God, this is when you will begin to hear God in your life and you will begin to see Him move. Do you want God to move in your life? Do you want to hear from God? Do you want to know what the Lord of the universe has to say specifically to you, one of over 7 billion people in the world? Well, you have to listen and you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to change. You see, we have to become an active listener of the Word of God. This is what it means to be a doer of the Word. It means to receive the Word of God and then to act upon what we hear. You see, our faith, our faith is authenticated by our obedience. You say, oh, well, Pastor, you know, when I was young, I, I walked an aisle and prayed a prayer. Pastor, I remember when I was young, there was a revival, and I went down front and shook the preacher's hand. Okay. Well, our faith is authenticated by our obedience. Are you following Jesus? Are you walking in the commands of Scripture? I didn't ask if you're perfect. I understand no one is perfect. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus. That's not what I ask you. I ask, are you obediently following the commands of Scripture? Because that is the evidence of salvation in your life. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man is in Christ... You want to know if you're a child of God? If you want to know if God has written your name in the Lamb's book of life, how do you know that? Well, your faith is authenticated by your obedience. If you're following Jesus, God's going to be speaking to you. God's going to be directing you. You see, we're not saved by working. That's not what I'm saying. 
We're saved by receiving the finished work of Jesus that is communicated to us through the Word of God. And when, as James says, the Word of God is planted in us, then it moves us to action. Let me say that again. We are not saved by works. That is not what I'm saying. But we are saved by the finished work of Jesus by receiving the Word of God And when the Word of God, as James says, is planted inside of us, then it will move us to action. That's when a hearer becomes a doer. You say, okay, I I like that. I'm in. What do I have to do? Where do I start? How can I listen to God? I want to do that right now, Pastor Matt. I want to hear from God. What, What do I have to do? Well, I think the easiest way to communicate that is from 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to read, you listen. 1 Samuel 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose hindsight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And so he went and lay down. Verse 6 of First Samuel 3 says, The Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down Again, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in the place. In his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant hears. Every time I sit every morning to read the Word of God, I ask God before I read, God, would you speak to me that I can hear from you? So, so how do we do that? I want to give you just three quick things here as we close this morning. The first thing is to get alone and get quiet. Every time that God was calling Samuel, Eli said, go lie back down. To be still, to be quiet. You see, with the busyness of life coming to a screeching halt, now is the perfect time for you and for me to be still, to quiet our minds, to get in front of the mirror, if you will. So to, to, get, to get alone, you want to hear from God? <clears throat> get alone. Somewhere quiet and alone where it's just you and God. Number two, focus your heart on the Word of God. Be open and willing to confess your sins and to deal with them. Don't make any excuses. Don't justify any of your actions. Samuel here is, he is focused on listening for God to speak to him. He was expecting God to speak to him. So focus your heart on the Word of God, number two. 
And last but not least, ask God to speak. Listen to Him and be willing to respond. Ask God to speak. Listen, when you pray, I know you probably got a lot of extra time. When you pray, can I ask you to do something? Don't just talk when you pray. Spend a little time listening. Maybe you listen at the beginning. Maybe you say, God, would you speak to me? And then you just sit in quietness, focusing on God, thinking about the things of God. And then maybe you, you pray, you ask God to intercede. Maybe you pray and you ask God to intercede. And then at the end of your prayer time, you, you don't close your prayer, but you just stop. And you just listen and you focus on God. You see, the Bible says, ask and you will receive. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call on me and I'll answer you. God's promised that he'll speak if you ask him. If you focus, if you listen. Remember, doing doesn't come before listening. We have to listen before we do. You see, we have to listen. We have to ask God to speak. We have to see where God is leading us to. You see, David... In the Old Testament, David was one of the, uh, arguably one of the greatest warriors known to man. David was the king of Israel. David was, uh, the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. I think we would all agree this morning as followers of Jesus, that's that's our ultimate desire. To hear, as Samuel heard from God, that we would be a man or a woman after God's own heart. Well, this is what the Bible says in 1 Samuel Chapter 17, verse 23. These scripture references are on the back of your handout there. 1 Samuel 17, 23. The Bible says that as David, uh, as the Philistine rather, as he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, he came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and he spoke the same words as before. So the nation of Israel is standing in front of the Philistines, and they're being taunted. You know the story uh, by the Philistines. And this giant Goliath is there, and he comes out every day, and he yells at the nation of Israel, Where is your God? You cannot defeat me. And as everyone is, li- uh, is, is hearing all of this stuff, they're focused on Goliath. It says, As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine Goliath, came up out of the ranks, and he spoke the same words as before. Okay? David's shown up. He's but a young boy. And David shows up, and all of this is going on, and all the nation of Israel is focused on Goliath, and they're focused on the the magnitude of what is in front of them. You see, here we are in quarantine right now. Things are starting to gradually move back to normal. And, And for once in our lives, the only time for any of us that we've faced this magnitude of an issue who would have imagined just three months ago that the entire world would be on lockdown there's people that are in distress right now jobs lost incomes cut way down schedules radically changed they say how how are we going to overcome this we haven't been able to meet for several weeks together as a body of believers how do we overcome this there's this insurmountable thing in front of us what does it look like on the other side 
Well, can I encourage you this morning to do what David did? You see, the Bible says at the end of 1 Samuel 17, 23, and David heard him. David listened. He saw everything that was going on around him. But he chose to listen before he did anything. We know the end of that story. David takes a couple rocks, slingshot, steps out on the battlefield, throws the rock, kills Goliath, victory for the nation of God. But it didn't start until he listened. Can I encourage you this morning, do you want to be a great warrior for your family? Do you want to be a person after God's own heart? Well, then you need to start listening. You need to start listening. And so I want to encourage you, look back over these notes today. If you get a chance, maybe something that you forgot or you needed clarity on. Remember, listening, listening is defined by remembering what you heard. So when you sit before God today, when you sit before God's Word in D group and this week in your quiet time, listen. Because trust me, God is speaking. And we now more than ever need to know exactly what He's saying. Let me pray with you tonight or this morning and we'll part. God, I just want to say thank you that you still speak. God, the reality is that we as a nation have strayed far, far away from you. But God, your word says to the believer that you, have nev- that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, that you love us and that you communicated that love through sacrificing your son Jesus on the cross to pay for our sins. And God, you place your spirit inside of us so that you would lead us and that you would guide us and that you would be with us everywhere that we go. But God, we become so busy in our hearts and in our minds distracted by the things of this world that we're not listening much anymore god would you use this time to redeem your church god would you use this time to speak to your people god would you call out people to be uh people that you want to use would they respond to you God, maybe you're calling someone to share the gospel with a friend or neighbor. Maybe you're calling someone to have the courage to surrender their life to ministry. Maybe you're calling someone to salvation, God. That you're revealing who you are. And God, you're you're showing them that without you, they will perish. They will die in their sins. But you have made a way. And his name is Jesus. God, would you speak today? God, even more so that your people would listen. God, that we would listen to what you have to say. May this be a marker in our lives that radically change how we hear you and how we respond to you. And may it all be done for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I love you. 
Thank you for spending time with me this morning. I pray that God would use this to draw you closer to him. And I hope you have a fantastic week. See you soon.